Hey guys, it's part two and I still have Cedric with me. So let's get into it. We were talking about anxiety. What other issues do you have with anxiety? Because I particular don't like going in the malls. Like crowd anxiety is a fucking real thing for me. It has been for the last like six or seven years. Mine's been like that over decades. And it's just so small to point out is my in my teen years, but this the it wasn't Genesis and so but I this my I remember back I think I noticed it. You know how we in seventh grade at middle school and it's like recess, whatever, and kids be playing in the back doing stuff, random at themselves? Mm-hmm. Okay, so I don't know what they were doing, but it was like that week they were throwing milk cake, like you know the cartons of milk, the small ones. Yeah. Like the yeah, they were throwing milk. I call them milk bombs all in the air, hitting the ground. Alice, yeah, this is like yeah, thirteen, fourteen. I was doing stupid shit. Not surprised. <laughs> but yeah, so I didn't want to get hit. So I just went into a bench inside the bench to avoid getting hit. Oh my god! And I'm like. What the fuck is nigga doing? Wow. Yeah, and they say, you can come out. It's okay. And I'm like, I don't want to get hit by no damn note. Yeah. yeah no. I'm like, I just get hit by no damn shit. That's like, it weren't like, I'm trying to get like stabbed. It's like, I just want to get hit by no damn note. And they like this fucking, like the Cold War and no shit. I've never actually been part of something like that. I know that there was... I had heard about like a food fight situation in the cafeteria, but I wasn't there. I had like, it happened in third lunch and I was in first lunch. Um, but I haven't been in that type of situation. Mine was mil- really more so, which is kind of weird because like I said, when I'm in the mall, I get freaked out. But if I'm on stage, I don't get freaked out. Like, I've never had stage fright whenever I've performed, whether it was singing or dancing. The only time I've ever really gotten, like, afraid to speak, it was basically when I was speaking or giving a speech. Because I have all types of issues with my speech. I've had a, I had a lisp when I was a kid, and there's it's still there somewhat, I can tell, when I talk. And I also stumble over my words a lot. Ironically, doing a podcast, though. <laughs> yeah, I'm not your friend yet. You talked with others in the past before and done get down on the pod. I can tell you, I'm like, how do you never let people that you talk to on the pod and all this stuff? I think it's mainly because it's. It depends on how this is perceived because. I know that somebody's listening to this, but they're not seeing me. Like, if I was going to do the whole YouTube channel shit, absolutely not. I can't do it. Because I, uh, I've talked about it on here before, uh, the body dysmorphia. Like, it's real. There's no fucking way that I could put myself on a YouTube channel and have to deal with all of these camera angles and shit because I, you know, will just constantly be picking at everything. 
or looking at the camera like, is this right or is that wrong? And then I'll also be worried about if the other people that are watching it perceive the same flaws. So my anxiety when it comes to something like that is through the roof. Can't do it. shrink in whenever I'm walking around in the mall or you know I just don't want anybody really looking at me that's why I always tend to wear a lot of black when I go out because I do not want people really looking at me that much um I don't know like because the the disorder itself there's more of people that are more caught up in like constantly looking at the mirror. But I, on the other hand, I stray away from mirrors and cameras and pictures as much as possible. And if I know if yeah, I'm going to have a fa- Huh? If I say, but yet in social media age, you're encouraged to post, take pictures. Oh, and yeah. Like, a lot of people are like, well, you have a ton of pictures on your Instagram. I'm like, but that's over, like, months. Like, the last picture that I took on my Instagram was over, like, two or three months ago. Like, if I'm feeling a good way uh, one day, I'll be like, oh, let's, you know, take a picture. I feel, I feel good, you know, enough to take a picture. And then you won't see one from me for another five or six months. So, you know. I, I don't, I'm not one of those people that takes a picture. And then if I do take a picture, know, know that the picture that I took was taken at least 15 to 20 times before I posted it. Like, I know people in general, when they take pictures, they, they tend to take more than one or whatever before they decide to post one. But that picture that I actually decide to post uh that same picture was taken at least 20 to to 30 times before i was like okay this is acceptable so anxiety is it it covers in a range of different subjects and 
things across the board. Because even with this, I, I'll, I'm comfortable with speaking on a podcast, but then I'm still weary of my voice too, because I constantly have gotten bullied about my voice and it being a deeper voice than most girls. And so that kind of fucks with my mind a lot because I'm like, shit, am I talking with too much bass? Can I hear the bass in my voice? Do I need to go up an octave? I'm gonna give you something. I'm gonna say something now that hasn't been said. Like, I haven't said other people, but this is gonna make a lot of sense when I say this. You understand? When everybody sounds the same, your your attention is gonna drop. This is for me. Like your voice here, I've heard it, you know, before. And here, and it sounds it stands out. And, like, your voice is deep or whatever, but I didn't think it sounded like it's feminine. Like, you just sound like a voice. I say that because I talk with other women just on, like, general conversations and have a high-pitched voice, and it makes me pull my hair out. <laughs> but it's awful. Even on podcasts, I listen to other women, and they voice is, like, normal, quote-unquote, make them take my hands, give it a hand of women, of women with high-pitched voice and the classes in the voice and it makes me want to delete their program files from the podcast universe and you put a podcast criteria and it's so it's so interesting because it's like well if because that's not the first time i've heard something like that but at the same time when i hear you know or when people hear my voice it's it's a it's a 50 50 either they really hate it or they really like it and on the really hated side, they'll be like, you sound like a man. So, you know, and I've gotten that since fucking elementary school. And so whenever I've spoken out loud, I constantly am like in my head, okay, try to talk a little higher sometimes. Try And, and that was also too in chorus. Like I took chorus and, you know, um, I can hit some bass notes. So, you know, sometimes the chorus teacher would always say, you're singing too low, Tyler. And I'm like, oh, shit. So I, I have a complex, both in my talking voice and my singing voice. And, you know, a lot of times I didn't want to go out for uh, solos and shit because a lot of the, the voice parts for the girls were always way too high. And, um, you know, if I wanted to get a lower part, it would be more for the male side. So... I've always struggled with that just in in general with my voice and the anxiety that builds when I uh, speak in general to people or when I read or when I uh, sing. Because I'm always afraid that there's something else going on. And plus, when, because I, we, uh, well, I, I've worked for a call center and you know, I, <laughs> and you know, the, the customer service voice is at least two to three octaves higher. So when I get on the phones, I'm constantly have to have to stretch my vocal cords to reach a certain level to make it more quote unquote professional of which I don't like. 
Yeah, customers don't sound professional when they call. <laughs> Thank you for calling. <laughs> I'm a freaking manager. Like, you're not taking me. I understand, ma'am, sir. I want a supervisor. Give me a supervisor. Uh, you know, that's also another thing I, I have anxiety about too, is my laugh. You know, I've gotten over the years, people either really, again, either they really love it or they really hate it. So it's just, you know, there's really no in between. So I have anxiety about just damn near everything, especially when it comes to me in particular about myself. Because just constantly having to pick everything. But I'm trying, which is also why I wanted to do this subject in the first place. I'm trying to learn to be more kind to myself about that. But it's very hard. Because cause you just want to pick. Like, you just pick and pick at it because it's like, it's never gone. You know, I, I haven't been in, in school for, in particular college, I haven't been in college for six years in high school. It's been over 10 years and some of the same shit still pops up all the time. It never goes away. But that's more like social dynamics and how like society, like how school is almost like the template, how work's going to be. No matter what job it is, unless you own your own business and all that, like the popular, the geek, the da da da, and all this kind of stuff. Yeah, if it's this role, the piece, this that person, all these things, and it's not from an early age. Like I, like your personality, or like being nitpicky. Let me. I'm guessing like it happened to me too. Did it start off with like your parents being kind of the way how they like raise you and critique? Was it more like you got to be this way or you messing up or is it more like just on the fly? It just, I guess it just depends. I I guess it just depended on the situation because I remember distinctively, um, you know, the whole thing in school when I was in like third or fourth grade, I kept getting into trouble because I was being quote unquote too talkative. Um, and you know, the first thing that I would get would be a lecture from my family, um, on that, but that was really just me showing my personality, but in school, it doesn't work like that. You have these formal rules that you have to follow. And it wasn't like I was trying to, uh, be rude or disrespectful, but then again, to some people, the smallest things can be disrespectful, especially when it comes to black families and black parents. Which you still would deal with now. And Absolutely. It comes, it's, funny, it's funny you say that with the disrespect because even for me, like I'm an only son, but I have like a sister. So it feels like I have to silence my, my, my opinions of like masculinity and stuff nowadays because I feel like in the black family, which is weird because you hear a lot of black families being, you know, 
divided or not, or like you need to put the male image and not there, da, da, da. and I'm saying like, what we don't talk about, and it's, we still battle it now, and you can tell me it's right or wrong, and it's because of my anxiety, bring back to that, where it's like, there's masculinity or there's nothing. And I feel like, in my mind, like, the way I separate is like, there's traditional masculinity and there's modern masculinity. For masculinity is still around, it's just certain things in the culture of masculinity is, has some of it has evolved. Mm-hmm. When it's like, evolved the right way. And the right way means like, there's like growth, there's right, you learn, okay, this worked then, this this better now. Which all these things like, back then it was, I used sports for instance, like, the Michael Jordan Bulls, like I just watched the last day, I rewatched it over the holidays. And I was like, you know, you got to take a beating and pain. This is what champions do and all this. Fast forward 20 years later now, we're in the, like 2010s, was 2020, but now it's more about efficiency, your skill set, your brain, your brain power in thinking and adapting. So I feel like masculinity now is the same way we're back, like, and our parents, their grandparents say it's more about how you acting myself as the breadwinner, I'll fix everything, we don't need a plumber, all this stuff. Now, it's more about, okay, let's get this officially done. We have enough income to, you know, have someone else do it, or let's buy, like, the most advanced washer and dryer now if we ain't got fixed fix it for 10 years. Does that make any sense? Yeah. Like, the evolution of thinking. Instead of being like sticking to like this is how it was like uh now we got more options that we can do other things now you know what I mean like dating wise even like and I and I deal with it now because confidence on social dating apps where like I'm told and I know in my heart it's true that there's a partnership where the money doesn't make the relationship part who makes the most it's what the part what in relationship you do with the money. We're benefiting the relationship, benefiting one another in that nature. But then so Brett Winter really don't exist really. It's more about, yeah, you make more money than me, but you're not superior to me. We have an equal partnership fifty fifty. On apps, unfortunately and on social media there's this debate of should the man pay more, should the man make more money, he's gonna be afraid of value as a partner and all this stuff. So it's like so we're still battling like traditional versus modern masculinity and in my mind it makes you think like it sounds do I need to do more like how do great in partnership not I feel like if I don't make enough money or this or that I guess I can't get a partner so then my advice well I guess I, I don't know if I should be dating if I don't make enough money I like that and I you know I've had conversations with people it's like that don't matter you know you bring what you bring to the table if you're bringing, like, if you're not, like, if you pay for this and that or whatever it is, and you can, you know, to understand it, understand it's fine. But then outside parties, and you're out there trying to figure out what's what, they may say, no, this, so, like, you don't know, and you're all confused, and you're like, I don't know what to do, and you just got and you're trying to figure it out. But it takes time to figure it out, like, hey, there's nothing, this is a perfect formula, this what fits well for you. But the Beginning your mind to process your anxiety is like the challenge of going back in again, no matter rejections and ups and downs. You know what I mean? 
Yeah. And it's it's just one of those things where I, I want to eventually find a balance, but it feels like anxiety is kind of like oh, an overarching shadow that just constantly follows you. And it, it depends on what triggers you that it tends to either be a bigger shadow or a smaller one. And I like video game. What video game? Video game thing. Oh yeah. Oh, oh video yeah. Game thing. Oh yes. 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 yes Check yes. out part one of your body for this. <laughs> <laughs> I think in our discussions in part one, we discussed it. You know, we did. We did. Yes. Let's get down the archive. <sighs> Fucking anxiety. And I don't, it's sometimes I'm like, I don't know which is worse, depression or anxiety, because it's just like one kind of reflects the other and it's like a cycle in between. Well, that's the toughest battle. Like, mm-hmm. I, me, because I you know I was in a, I went through like a, I'll call it a mild depression. I didn't, I, I say mild depression for me, that couple of years going off working the job, I hated. Like, and I'm, I know he's a strong word, but it fits because I got asked something. This is on lunch break, and I was eating, like, a hamburger. And I didn't care. I was, like, fast food. And at the time, I didn't really concern about what I was eating. I just wanted to work the next day and all this. And someone said, you're eating this? You're going to die. And it's like, well, if I die, die. I don't care. That's not good. That's like, and I admit that. But it, I was like, if I die tomorrow, I die tomorrow. Who cares? I'm like, whatever. And my mind, like, I know I hate the job. I sound like about that. I always got the job. No, what I know now, I'm like, that was more depressive than other things going on in my head and thinking of like 20 things of what you do to find the pain of the depression. It was like, that, that was not a, in a good mindset. Even mm-hmm. a few years, like a year after that, I woke up one day and I said, and this is true, I saw my mother this, and this is the truth. I spent this. And she knows, because I said to her, like, I hate my life. I never felt, I never said that before. But I had to say it. I hated my life. I, I was job, I was working at, I worked my home while I was doing, I hated it. I was getting cussed out regularly by customers. Man, it was up my asshole. Like, it's, I guess, a, I guess like a game bang and an anal scene in a porn movie. And I'm like, this is too much. And a few months after that, I went to the ER, I went to the hospital. But I was having aches in my chest, I was stressing out all the time, but the aches in my chest were happening while I was on a shift. They stopped once I got off from work. I like, this was going on for months. And I had to go to the ER, I was like, okay, you gotta go to the doctors and see what's going on. So they said, they came like, yeah, it's physically, it's like you're okay. It's just, when they it say stress is a killer, they fucking mean that shit. Stress yeah. is a fucking killer. And I yeah. I still don't know how some people do a lot of these high-pressure uh, jobs and shit. I mean, my, my job is kind of a low uh, stress, but at the same time, depending on how you feel about talking to people about shit and constantly getting cussed out at, it can raise your level. Because I remember... One particular phone call where someone basically told me, yeah, um, I hope you get your fucking head blown off and I hope you get in a car wreck. Like, 
that particular call, like my heart was pounding and I could feel my, uh, my chest heaving. And I just kept trying to tell myself to calm down because one thing about that part is that there's two rules usually in just about every call center. You can't cuss the customer out and you can't hang up the phone. So I had to sit there and listen to them and take what they were giving me. And I still had to try to figure out a way to help them, even though they're fucking uh, yelling obscenities at me. That talk about stress, that shit was horrible. And when they finally hung up, all I remember is that I had to take a, a break and go to the bathroom and immediately tears just fell. Because I was just so fucked up from the anxiety of having to take that call. That's called breaking point, Missy. Yeah. It's your breaking point. Yeah. Well, I, shit. Has, <laughs> I mean, I remember for me, I had, it was on a Tuesday. There was a, it was a Wednesday, as a matter of fact. And this was at a point where there was like a promote this like start a year. And you know, every contract for a company, cable company, I won't say in the company, mm-hmm. or a cable company, and they have like a, it's a contract every year to promote the network and the cable owner go through every year, start a year, and the winner. And it was at a time where if you don't get your bill, you're just going to increase like that if you don't call and hey, what's going on on this? And it was a high volume cost, like about a few weeks, whatever it was. And we knew, and I've been in there for a while. This is nothing new. But it said, this is the thing that's going to change the process. It's going to help. I'm like, we'll wait and see. So, getting, but this is about the third year I was dealing with it. And the thing about that was, at that point, I knew, I was like, I'm not happy with this job. So, I remember this customer called, and they're complaining about their bill. But it wasn't the worst complaint I ever had, but it happened on the day where the weight of the world got to me. You know? Yeah, it didn't and have to I be that to. particular actual thing that hit it. It was, you know, just a buildup of shit. Um, yeah, I mean, because at the time, like, I haven't hung out. Like, my friends, like, some of my friends moved. I haven't, like, my friends that work were leaving. Or, like, they were leaving. I wasn't, I, I wasn't dating anybody, as I, for reasons we can talk about later, you know, and I felt when I got home, I was just, I was eating ice cream, going to sleep. So I had no social beings to feed off and connect with, or just talk about the little things with. So I was on, so basically I was on my own, like, for, for I was extra on my own, and doing a job I didn't like doing, and not doing, like, at least a job that I was okay with while I do other projects. Yeah. This was consume my time and my energy. So I had to my, my, I got to get off the phone. Well, so speaking I, of getting off, I, I do apologize for interrupting, but we are about out of time <laughs> for this one. Yeah. Um, so I'm not sure if you want to, you know, plug any information or anything. Do you want to tell anybody about yourself before we leave? Well, uh, I am 33. I am a black male. I don't hate people no matter what the conversation came off as. So if you think this is like 
A person hates people. I don't. I like people. I just don't like numb nuts. Uh, if you like the conversation, hit up this purple. And yeah. you know, we can go from there. Yes, what? follow the first. I said, ew, follow the purple vibe. Uh, yeah, Instagram, yes, Spotify, <laughs> yeah, Google Podcasts, yes, Podcasts, absolutely. Stitcher, you can find it. You can use the podcast, you listen to this one. So you have a Google, you have like a podcast app on your phone. Yep. So go on and download all of them, listen to this one on Google. Awesome. All right. So thank you guys again for listening to another podcast episode of The Purple Vibe. I'm probably going to be in a hiatus for a good bit, but I am going to tape a, uh, a video or an audio for uh, for the anniversary, the two-year anniversary is coming up on the 4th of December. So look out for that. Follow me on the Pretty Purple Princess 25 on Instagram. Follow the Facebook page, The Purple Vibe. Um, also, you can check out the new podcast called Romantically Jinx and listen to all my romantically fucked up stories. Okay? All right. Bye, guys. <laughs>